episode 75 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. Guys, gals, getting closer to the start of the new season. I'm actually kind of excited. I, I, I feel like there's a little more buzz. I feel like this season, at least for the Knicks, could be one that we start seeing them go in a maybe a bigger and brighter direction. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited. I hope you guys are too. Listen, first and foremost, thank you guys as always for listening to the show. The hundreds of thousands, not multiple of that, but the the over hundred thousand of you that have listened since the start of this show, uh, throughout the, you know, the, the thousands that listen every week, you guys are the best. Before we get into it, first and foremost, hope you guys are doing okay out there. Obviously, the pandemic is still raging right now. Uh, things are still not safe. Whatever you do, if you go out, you know, try to see your friends, things like that. Try to be social distance. Keep the group to a low amount of people. Uh, you know, do your best to keep following the protocols. Keep being safe and still try to enjoy your holidays as best you can. Hope you guys got a belly full of turkey and, and all the fixins during Thanksgiving weekend. And guys, on the show this week, we're going to dive into some NBA preview a little bit. We're not going to do the full NBA preview and predictions. We're saving that for the week before the season starts. But the preseason starts in just a little over a week. So we're going to talk about a few teams, get into a little bit of Knicks news. And yeah, we'll talk about the Russell Westbrook trade as well. So there's a lot to get to on the show this week. Let's start with the Knicks. Let's get the Knicks news. There's not. A, let's start with the Knicks news first. Get that done. Not a ton to get to this week, um, but some good stuff. There was some good stuff this week. Again, you know, almost it's almost a good thing. Nothing earth shattering has happened this week. Again, I feel like many people have thought the Knicks offseason has been overall a success. They didn't do anything big, but they did good things. You know, no one is questioning heavily, including myself what they've done for the most part since the draft. So I think for for the most part, the Knicks are sticking to the plan. They're continuing to slowly but surely build the team. And I like a lot of the guys that have been added to the roster. uh, And and I like where the roster looks right now. Um, First and foremost, good news hearing that a lot of people in, in practices teammates are already loving what they're seeing from Obi Toppin. Good sign. I I think that's a good sign. Obviously, um, you want to see him looking good early, being motivated, getting after it. He's a New York guy. So I I like how we're already seeing that. I like that we're seeing that motivation and that early, early steps being taken with the Knicks top eight pick in the draft. I also like some of the stuff that's been talked about with Kevin Knox this week, looking for him to, you know, bounce back needs a huge season, um, you know, looking, you know, after these offseason workouts to take a big step uh, into this next season. It's, it, this is a big year, arguably make or break for Kevin Knox. I mean, I think that you, you really can't, you can't really put it any other way as far as this year for the New York Knicks shooting guard. I mean, it's got to be a year where Kevin Knox not only statistically makes progress, but, but we've got to see him be more aggressive consistently on the floor. Yeah, we know he can make shots, but we've got to see him, you know, really start to expand his game and get better overall as a basketball player on both ends of the floor. And 
we're not seeing that, you know, and, and I feel the same way about Frank Nilakina. You know, when are you going to start, you know, you know, how many chances are these guys going to get, right? I mean, that's kind of where it's going to be, I think. And Kevin Knox at the moment falls into that category. So, you know, we'll see. You know, we're going to have to see with Kevin Knox. And for the time being, you know, it's a, it, it is a thing where we're going to have to, you know, see it to believe it. And listen, we've seen signs of it, right? That's a, that's always the frustrating part about guys on this Knicks, this Knicks roster. We see the signs. But for Kevin Knox in particular, and he kind of epitomizes this, we're not seeing it consistently enough for him to stay on a team that's planning on at some point getting to the playoffs in, in hopefully a year or two something like that that's where you know this plan is is hoping to get to you know competing for the playoffs and if kevin knox is not willing or you know willing is is different than able but but if he's not going to be able to get better and, and come along for the ride he's not going to get there on this Knicks team so for, for one reason or another. So I, I, I'm I'm concerned, but also excited to see what Kevin Knox can bring to the table. Uh, the first couple of weeks, I think, are going to be telling for what we're going to see from Kevin Knox this season and whether this this hard work that he's continued to put in during the off seasons is going to lead to some good, sustained play on the court under a coach that's going to be very demanding, especially on the defensive end, in Tom Thibodeau. And that's why you bring a guy like Tom Thibodeau in. You, you want him to bring that energy that intensity, that, you know, expectation out of these guys. That's how you build a culture that these Knicks front office members have been trying to build for, for years with this team. So we'll see. Uh, Kevin Knox could be on the chopping block of that culture if it doesn't go his way. So we'll have to see what happens. But so far, so good with, with what I've been reading and hearing about things with, with Kevin Knox. I was looking at the roster earlier today before I started the recording. I'm excited. I'm actually excited about some of these additions. Listen, you know, last week I talked about, you know, some of the trepidation around maybe an Austin Rivers or, you know, you look at bringing in, you know, even an Omari Spellman, you know, someone like that and Nerland's Noel, right? And Alec Burks. But I'm interested also to see, I mean, Nerland's Noel could be a very nice addition to the next. I think the only interesting thing about that is what's the relationship going to be like between him and Mitchell Robinson? How are they going to either play together in a bigger lineup or share the minutes? You know, because they basically play the same position. They do very similar things on the basketball court. So, listen, you could play Nerland's Noel at the five. I mean, that's well documented. You could do that and 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 have a really big four in Mitchell Robinson, or honestly, you could go reverse there because Nerland's Noel has an arguable, has, has somewhat of a perimeter game. So you can actually go opposite there as well and play that way. But if it doesn't work out that way, because again, there's a lot of guards on this roster, bringing back Alfred Payton, who's going to be in the mix, Frank Nilakina, uh, who's going to be in the mix for a point guard role, Dennis Smith Jr. Certainly as well. RJ Barrett needs the ball in his hands as well. You look at an OB Toppin offensively is going to have the ball in his hands at times as well. So when you have Nerland's Noel on the roster, he's probably going to be at the five. And that's where Mitchell Robinson's hoping to really you know, make his claim. So that's going to be an interesting relationship. I think the addition of Michael Kidd Gilchrist is interesting. Again, I, I, I don't, I, he, he, I've always been a wait and see kind of guy on Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I remember him in college and I remember when when they first 
were talking about him in the draft. When he went second overall, I think they were the Bobcats at the time when they took him. When Charlotte took him in 2012 out of Kentucky, I remember thinking, we could be talking like 10 years down the line and this guy is just not what everyone thought he was going to be. And we're getting close to that 10-year mark. And listen, he's 27. He's still, listen, he was an all-rookie in his first year. He is, for me, he's a local guy. He's from New Jersey. The, the tough part with him over the last couple of years, he's just not played in enough games. It, it kind of started to teeter off in 2015, 2016, when he only played seven games. Then he played 81 games at the age of 23. Did okay. 9.7 rebounds and, and an assist and a half per game. He kind of held those numbers to a certain extent the next year, although the rebounds went down. And since then, he's had a tough time staying on the court. The, the last the, the last year and a half ha- have not been kind to Michael Kidd Gilchrist. So what's he going to bring? He, listen, he can be a scoring option for you. He can give you some rebounds. I, I just, he's 27. And, and, and that's the thing. At this point, you know, he deserves a one-year contract on a team that's, you know, just looking to spend some cap. I'm not sure what we're going to get out of Michael Kidd Gilchrist. It, it could be a Bobby Portis situation just at another position where at some nights he can give you a, a solid night and then there's other nights where you're not going to hear from him very much. It, it could very well be that. But those are the kind of guys that get those contracts. So we'll have to see. We're going to have to see on that. You know, obviously we know what we're going to get out of Julius Randle. It's well documented. Austin Rivers is interesting. It's an interesting one. I mentioned about him last week. I, I, If he buys in, right, if he's going to take a leadership role on this team, and I don't know if he'll be expected to do that, but he's a veteran guy on this roster. He could be an asset. And I said this last week, down the line, when the Knicks, when and if the Knicks get a star on this team, a bona fide superstar, Austin Rivers could be a guy that's worth keeping around. So it's an interesting one. It really is. It could be a long-term play that works out for the Knicks if things go their way as well. And for me, you know, being a little selfish here, huge news for me personally this week was seeing Miles Powell sign that contract to be a New York Knick. I mean, such a cool moment for a lot of Pirate fans. For me as a Knicks fan and a Seton Hall alum, someone who's covered the team continues to, to cover the Big East and college basketball so cool it really is and i've had the chance to, to interview miles a couple of times talk with him in interview settings really good guy a guy that's humble um a guy that's gonna be willing to get better a guy that's been through a lot in his life a guy that's been through quite a bit to get where he is right now really proud of him and he's gonna represent not only seton hall but i think the new york knicks really well and i i think you're gonna all be really 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 happy with him as a player i I think i think he's a guy and by the way i said this a couple weeks ago when the knicks were first looking into getting him and signing him to an to a to an exhibit 10 contract and then when they did it take a look at some of his highlights specifically at the garden i mean it there's and he's he's talked about this over the years 
there is just something about him when he gets into Madison Square Garden. It's something comes out of Miles Powell when he is playing under the rafters at Madison Square Garden. It's just, he's a different guy. Now, he's had some amazing games away from Madison Square Garden at the Rock in Newark, on the road in the Big East, out of conference, you know, in the NCAA tournament. He's had a couple of big games, no doubt about that. Uh, but you look at his Big East tournament numbers, you look at his numbers in regular season games at Madison Square Garden. There's three games that come to mind at Madison Square Garden that you should take a look at. If you're a Knicks fan and you're wondering, who is this guy and what are we getting? Seton Hall versus Kentucky from two years ago. Take a good look at that one. Seton Hall, Texas Tech. Powell was a sophomore. Take a look at that one. You're going to, eyes will open wide. He's, he was only a sophomore when he had that game. And then senior year, St. John's at the Garden. Road Big East game. Find those three games. And let me know what you think of Miles Powell after that. If you if you if you never heard of this guy, and for, to be fair, a lot of you have. I love that. A lot of the Nick fans out there have done the research. That as you again, Nick fans are the best. I'm telling you. You guys know New York fans. The, the tri-state area fan is the most educated, arguably in the world, as far as sports fandom. You guys are the best. Miles Powell is just. I think he's going to be. Honestly, if he, here's the deal, Tom Thibodeau, and I think this is why the Knicks signed him, they need shooting, they need offense, they need bench depth. Miles Powell can give you all of that. And I think he could be, again, knock on wood, if, if, he, if he continues to go on the trajectory, he's going. Because he's been, since, since his sophomore year, and he had a good freshman year to be fair as well, he has taken off. He really has. I think, I think a lot of Knicks fans are going to fall in love with this guy. I really do. He could be a fan favorite by the end of this upcoming season. He really could be. He, he's that good. And I said this, and again, this, to be fair, you know, I've covered these guys, so I know them a little bit better than some of the other guys in the draft. But I said this about Marcus Howard a couple of weeks ago as well, the kid out of Marquette, another guy that I've had the chance to, to cover, specifically at the Big East Tournament at the Garden. Another, another undrafted guy, by the way. Both of those guys went undrafted. He's now uh, Marcus Howard's with the Nuggets. Those are a couple of guys that are, again, they don't get drafted, but we could be hearing from them a lot this upcoming season. I really, I really believe that. I really think that, that we could be looking back at this season when you're looking at rookies, and those guys could get a mention here. And I'm not saying these are Rookie of the Year candidates or... Or anything like that. But these are the kind of guys that people miss on that you end up talking about later. So I, I really think that we could be talking about Miles Powell as Knicks fans at the end of this season and, and feeling really good about it. I really do. By the way, I'm pretty sure Marcus Howard did make the Denver Nuggets roster. By, by the way, one more Seton Hall shout out. Romaro Gill made the Utah Jazz roster. What a cool moment for him as well. Just a little... NBA Seton Hall nugget there for me to be a little selfish for a second there as well. <laughs> but again, if you guys have any questions about Miles Powell, I've had a few that have come in already about him, which is why I'm you know bringing this segment up. Let me know. I I, I mean I, I again there's 
I'm not saying I'm the be-all, end-all on Miles Powell. There's a few other people I would put ahead of me on that, uh, quite a few. But uh, but as far as you know, you guys listening to the show, this is this is a guy on the Knicks that I I know a lot about. So if you if you have any questions about him or, or again, you know about what he brings to the table, you know, don't worry. I love talking about him. He's made you know my alma mater really proud. I, there's a lot of Seton Hall people out there that are so, so very proud this week about what Miles Powell has been able to achieve. You know, there's been other guys even recently that have been able to make it in the NBA. Angel Delgado is one. Uh, Desi Rodriguez, who's still fighting for more minutes uh, in the NBA, is another. Um, and other guys that have come close, like Ishmael Sonogo, I think is still playing in the G League, and Kadeen Carrington as well. But but Miles Powell, you know, has made a team and, and is looking to get minutes consistently. That's a big deal. You know, it hasn't been like that. It hasn't been this consistent for Seton Hall fans in a long time. So uh, it's very, it's a cool moment. And the fact that he's a Nick, for me specifically, is so special. Very, very cool to see that. By the way, I'm on the lookout for a Miles Powell Knicks jersey when it gets on the market. A little holiday gift for yours truly. Not saying you have to get it. I'm telling you, let me know so I can get it for myself. <laughs> As the days... Uh, click towards Christmas, uh, it's definitely going to be one on my list that I'll be looking for when it becomes available. Listen, let me put a bow on this before we take a break here. I, I really like the Knicks roster. I think it's, it's a good overhaul. They did well in the draft to, to get some talent on the roster. Listen, I, I even like getting the smaller pieces. I think Omari Spellman's interesting. Again, I, I when you bring him in, it's kind of like, well, what's, you know, why did he, why, why did another team get rid of him? What can you still get out of him? But Amari Spellman is a guy that's got some upside. He's a guy that can bring something to the table, right? I mean, I think that's that's why he's interesting. That's why I'm going to be very intrigued to see what he can do if he gets some minutes with this Knicks team. I think I think the one guy that I'm not so sure about, the two guys that I don't know how much we're going to see of, are probably Jared Harper and Jacob Evans. You know, we're not sure yet how much they're going to play, if at all. You know, Jared Harper sounds like he could be more of a G League option. It could be that way for Jacob Evans. Who knows? You know, it could be that way uh, for a Spellman or a Powell as well. Pinson as well, by the way, bringing Theo Pinson back onto the roster could be a very similar situation. You know, obviously Emmanuel quickly, because he was taken higher in the draft, could get, you know, more priority. But again, your training camp, things change. You know, guys grow into roles potentially. So we'll have to see how those guys do in the early stages. Again, love the words we're already hearing about Obi Toppin. He's already starting to show you some of the hype that he can bring to the Garden this upcoming season, just a few weeks. I'm really excited for that. By the way, we'll be we'll be diving in a little bit to the preseason because because these a lot of new faces, a lot of new faces, a lot of things moving around, things we haven't seen yet. The firsts have not come, so I'll be excited to see what Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly look like. I want to see a little bit of Miles Powell maybe in some of these preseason games. Maybe we get a little bit of Nerlens Noel playing with Mitchell Robinson. We get to see a little glimpse of Kevin Knox and how R.J. Barrett plays with Obi Toppin. Those are the kind of things I'm looking for, you know, in these up in this next week and a, and a half or so as we move forward. How how are Frank Nilakina and Alfred Payton going to look in this point guard battle? And can Dennis Smith Jr. make a claim to the point guard spot in the preseason? So there's going to be limited opportunities because there's only 11 days, I think, between the first preseason game and the regular season. I have to recheck the schedule on that. I haven't looked too deep into that yet. I just I just marked the first preseason game down as a as one I want to look at. So we'll, we'll see, right? And and we'll see what happens with you know some of the veterans. You know how Austin Rivers gets going. By the way, guy that I probably haven't mentioned enough, 
then I'm, I'm curious to see how he's going to fare in his second year. Iggy Brazdakis, what's he going to look like? I, th- I think I briefly mentioned him a couple of times. What's his role going to be this year? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a bit of a mystery right now. We'll have to see what happens uh, with all of that. We'll take a break here. Coming up next, we're talking Russell Westbrook to the Wizards. How the rabbit was pulled out of the hat on that deal. Pun intended. And we'll get into some more NBA stuff and talk about a couple NBA dark horses coming up just a couple of weeks when this season tips off. All that more is coming up next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Second half of the show, we're diving into the NBA side of things now on the podcast. I'll get to the dark horses in a second because we've really got to dive a little bit deeper into this Russell Westbrook deal. I mean, I don't know what the heck happened here. Very interesting stuff. This was not one that was, I should say, this scenario the trade was talked about plenty. This scenario with the trade, this option, was not talked about a lot. And when I read Shams' report, very intrigued as to how this came about. I This is a very odd trade, one that I'm not sure benefits either team. But, you know, when you look at the components, let me break down the deal first. It's a deal between the Wizards and the Rockets. The Rockets get John Wall and a 2023 projected first-round pick. Westbrook will head to the Wizards and obviously will be reunited with his former head coach with the Thunder, Scott Brooks. So maybe that's a good little thing familiarity-wise. By the way, a little soap opera sideline here on this. James Harden, reportedly, plans on staying with the Rockets. Not, well, we'll see. Brooklyn won, might have a say about that, but depends on the price. He wanted Wall over Westbrook reportedly and he's gonna you know the report is Harden is gonna stay because they traded Westbrook to get Wall and he preferred Wall over Westbrook to start the season I don't I don't get that it's a little odd it doesn't quite add up to me very weird not sure why that's been put out into the ether not sure if it's true it it, it, when I read that my 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 eyebrows went up I, my my alarm bells went off. That doesn't make a lot of sense. John Wall's been hurt for two years, basically. That's a long time off without any basketball, let alone NBA basketball. And you'd want him over one of your former, I mean, not former, current, and also former with Thunder teammates, who's... You know, a guy that could keep you as a contender in the West if he sticks around. I don't know if the Rockets are a top four team in the West if Russell Westbrook is not there. Now, listen, if John Wall's John Wall, right? If he's if he's the John Wall pre-injury, and that who knows if that's going to happen. We are looking at a very good team still. John Wall's a hell of a player. But if if John Wall is a step slower... I, the Rockets are going to be a middle-of-the-road Western Conference team. I don't care how many threes James Harden knocks down. You've got a very guard-heavy offense. And I'm not, I'm not buying that 
a step slower John Wall is better than current healthy Russell Westbrook. That's not adding up to me. Many people, you know, skeptical as well over why they made this deal. Listen, I think for the Wizards, it makes a it makes more sense because of that question mark, right? What's John Wall going to be like when he gets back? You know what? Let's not find out. Let's get a proven guy that can maybe get us close to the playoffs and maybe make a little bit of noise. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, this, this upcoming season, there's going to be a lot of variables. The Wizards could be a team, and we'll get to Dark Horses in a second, but the Wizards could be a very interesting team this year. I mean, there's really no getting around that. Because of the addition of Russell Westbrook, and when you look at the rest of the East, and to be fair, the East is going to be loaded again. There's some very good teams still in the East. Let's not forget about the Bucks, and let's not forget about the Celtics, and the Raptors, and the Heat, and the Pacers. But don't tell me that Russell Westbrook teaming up with Bradley Beal isn't very dangerous in the Eastern Conference. That makes this team very, very dangerous. Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook could be dynamite together. There's, there is definitely, definitely a world where that team is dangerous. And potentially dangerous in the playoffs. No doubt. 100%. So I'm, I'm interested. I, it piqued my interest for the Wizards, no doubt. The, the Rockets, it's an odd one. It's odd. It's, it's a weird thing to want back in the trade. I guess it's kind of where I'm at right now. It's a weird thing to want back. An injured John Wall who you just don't know what the heck's going to happen with him moving forward. No, I get it. You know, the other thing to consider, contracts matter here. The numbers have to add up in a trade like this. So, well, you know, again, we'll see. I'm leaning I'm leaning towards the, the Wizards got the better end of this trade. That's kind of where I'm leaning right now. And the Rockets could end up, you know, holding the bag on this deal. And, and there's not a whole lot in there worth keeping. It's the goodie bag deal, right? You go to the birthday party and yet you gave a great present, but you leave with the goodie bag. Now it's great. Your friend gets the gift, but you've only, you know, you, you had a, did you have a good time? Maybe you did. Maybe you didn't. And you only get a lollipop out of it. I don't know about that. It's a weird one. It's a weird deal. It's a really weird deal for the, for the, for the Rockets. Honestly, this is borderline like what's going on with the franchise kind of a deal, you know? And, you know, now that Daryl Morey's moved on and it's, it's a weird time right now in Houston. It's very odd. Right now in sports in general, it's a weird time to be a Houston sports fan. One of your, uh, this is a bit of a tangent, but one of your teams cheated to win a world series. Another one, another one of your teams can't stay healthy with all these stars and are becoming afterthoughts in the NFL. And the third team totally overhauled part of their roster, went all in and didn't get to a conference finals 
and now might lose all their stars in the next year. By the end of this year, this Houston Rockets team could be in a rebuild. And by the end of this year, I mean this NBA season. So this is, a, I mean, Houston fans, by the way, no sympathies for you. Uh, y- your owners knew what you were doing in all f- all phases of, in all three teams' cases. So no sympathies to you, Houston fans, in, on any front whatsoever. However, this is very, this is very crazy. Houston has basically gambled the future of all of its sports franchises somehow at the same time. And neither of them might hit the jackpot. And the one that did cheated to get there. So it's just very odd. Just odd right now in Houston. It really is. Dark horses in the NBA. I think that's the, this is a good place to finish because I don't want to get fully into a preview yet. I feel like the preview is a little too premature. I want, You know what I wanted to see? And I think this is why, and this kind of connects the dots to what I was saying earlier. I wanted to see a little preseason first. I feel like if, if there's any year to watch preseason games before you make a prediction, it's this year in the middle of a pandemic. I, I, like I want to watch at least half of the teams play before I go out on a limb and make a full, like you guys know what I did last year. I went full conference ranking for both conferences Top eight that make the playoffs and the teams that miss out. I went all the way through. I'm going to do that again. So I, I got to be a little bit more prepared than normal this year because it's going to be a lot different than the bubble and it's going to be a lot different than a season with fans. So I got to see how these guys are looking somewhat in the preseason. I, I feel like I need that. I need a little eye test to be mixed into my prediction maker before I feel comfortable enough putting out predictions, which are probably going to be wrong anyway, but I want at least some some peace of mind before I make wrong decisions. <laughs> if that makes sense. But I do have some dark horses for you guys. I, I want to start in the East. There's a couple, and I mentioned one of them. Listen, I think the Wizards are a dark horse for, for the playoffs. They came close last year, by the way. They were in the discussion. I think they could be right back in the discussion again. And now that Russell Westbrook's there, I, I would put them as a playoff team in the East right now, despite how loaded it is, right? It's You look at the Sixers, you look at the Heat, the Celtics, the Raptors, the Bucks, in any order you'd like to put them. I would put the Pacers probably next. I think you then look at, again, another dark horse in the Brooklyn Nets. Certainly are, should be a playoff team now that Kevin Durant is healthy, but... Kyrie Irving was hurt too last year, and we don't know again what kind of Kevin Durant we're getting. So where they're going to be seated is why I got to watch them play. But they should be a playoff team. I mean, if if the if the Nets don't make the playoffs this year, I mean, there's going to be serious questions asked of Steve Nash and the entire organization. So a lot of pressure. But but again, they, you should be considering them as a playoff team. And then when you're looking around that 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 seven eight nine seed, right? I, I figure there's probably three teams in the mix for a playoff spot in the East. I think you look at the Hawks with what they've done during this offseason. They've added through cap space. They've drafted relatively relatively well. And they've gotten some good pieces around Trey Young. They've made some trades to bolster this roster. I mentioned this last week. The Hawks could be dangerous this year in the East. 
and make the East very, very deep, I have to say. The Wizards are that next team. I mean, they're they're the eighth or the ninth team right now with Russell Westbrook going to the Eastern Conference. He makes the Wizards a viable playoff contender. And arguably a team that could make something interesting in the first round. They're the seventh seed. And let's say the Raptors or maybe even the Celtics are the two seed. That's an interesting series. It really is. Or if they're the six and they play maybe the Heat. You know, that that becomes a very interesting series because you have two bona fide stars going after your team in that seventh spot. It, you know, you're facing arguably, again, it's not apples to apples, but you're facing like a last year's Mavericks, right? With KP and Luka. And we'll get to them in the Western Conference side of things. But as far as dark horses to actually do something, I have two. And I think that, you know, our, you know honestly... There's really only two, right? The main contenders are the top four. You look at the, the the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, and the Heat. Those are the four. When you look at those guys will be competing for an Eastern Conference championship. The next two for me are the Sixers and the Nets. I mean, I I, I would put the Pacers just a, just a, a ugh just a notch below that i think just below that i would put the pacers but because of what the sixers have done getting some shooting they've addressed that right they had to they had to do that right they got rid of al horford and josh richardson they made some additions that that are really you know all or nothing kind of moves if it doesn't work now when's it going to work kind of moves right so this is it. I mean, this is a huge year for the Sixers. I mean, I feel like we say that every year, but th- like, how many more chances are are Embiid and Simmons going to get? Doc Rivers is now your coach, man, and he's gonna. I mean, he's coming off losing a three-one series with a team that should have won an NBA championship last season. So he's got a lot to prove. All of a sudden, does Doc? So I, I, I'm really curious with what the Sixers are going to do. I think they're they're arguably the most intriguing team to watch in the entire NBA because there's so much on the line for this franchise moving forward. We don't know what the future of this franchise is going to look like. So what are they going to do with the time they've got with this core together? It's very interesting. And then it's Brooklyn. Brooklyn's the other the other wild card in the East as far as making a run. What are Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving going to look like? Can they stay healthy throughout the entire season? Listen, there's some good role players on this team. Resigning Joe Harris was a big deal for Brooklyn. It really was, especially considering where he could have signed. There, there were teams in division looking at Joe Harris. So this that was a big deal for the Nets to re-sign him. And they, you know, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, we hear about them all the time. But if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are not healthy, this is not a playoff team. And if they are a playoff team, they're not going to do anything. So, oh man. And again, with the rumors going around that, you know, James Harden wants to go there. I mean, there were people asking reporters today on Sports Talk Radio, you know, would you trade Kyrie for James Harden? So this is a fluid situation in Brooklyn, and the big, the I mean, if that's not enough to make you curious how this is going to turn out, 
what the hell is Steve Nash going to look like as a head coach? I'm asking you. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. It's going to be so odd. It really is, but it's intriguing. And because they have Katie and Kyrie, they're going to have a shot. But what's it going to look like when, when, when it's time for playoffs, right? I mean, I, I don't know. It's so interesting in the East this year. This is I I feel like I say something like this about some part of the NBA every year. Going into this season, I'm actually like really interested in the Eastern Conference. I'm normally I, I normally because the Knicks are always bad. I normally trend to go to the West. I go, wow, the West isn't a lot of stuff going on at West. The East is really interesting this year with what could happen. And honestly, there's eight good teams in the East this year. Arguably nine. Like, that's not normal <laughs> lately in the East. It's normally very West top-heavy, but the East has got nine good teams. So we'll have to see. I mean, the then the fringe teams, you know, you're looking at Orlando, Charlotte, and then the bad teams, right? The Bulls, the Knicks, the Pistons, and the Cavs. So very interesting stuff. Listen, we know the two favorites in the West. We know them very well. They both play in the same building. They play in the same city. Uh, they should have been playing in the same conference finals last year. Uh, but uh, Denver, and yet again, somehow poor coaching from Doc Rivers and an injury to Paul George made sure that that didn't happen. However, they're the favorites again. I, I think you look at the Lakers and I think you look at the Clippers. Those are the two. Those are the two right now. The solid favorites in the West. No question about it. I think the I think the Lakers got a little bit better, you know, taking Montrez Harrell away from the Clippers by the way. You know, it's interesting. The Clippers though, add Ibaka to the mix, very interesting. But for the time being, we have to wait and see. All we know is that they're by far the two best teams in the West. There's it's LA and then it's everybody else right now in the Western Conference. And honestly, there's really no debating that. I wish there was. In other years, we have been able to, to debate it. But not this year. I, the way that LeBron and AD are playing, they've both re-signed. It's theirs to lose again. And, and I think that the, the Clippers are the only team that have any shot at doing it. I think with, with Russell Westbrook moving on, I think the Rockets dropped down a, a couple of notches now. Because I, I don't know what we're going to see out of John Wall. I, I Listen... I'll I'll save where I would put the Rockets for my full preview, but the Rockets are not a top four team, I don't think, as I would put it today in the West. I don't see it. I don't see it. The two, the two dark horses for me, and I, I hate to say this, but I, I don't consider Utah a dark horse because they haven't done it enough in the playoffs. I, I They always have a good regular season, and then in the playoffs, they, they just don't seem to get enough behind them to make a run so i kind of slop utah just on the outside looking into this dark horse race i go back to denver i I think they're a team that really i was so impressed with with the way that they handled their postseason last year and and if a couple of things had broke their way maybe they could have even been playing for an nba championship although you could argue if a couple of shots didn't go their way they would have been out in the first round but that's the nba playoffs yeah it can go that way 
The second team for me is clearly the Dallas Mavericks. I, I think with Luka with another year under his belt and some postseason pedigree under his belt, it comes down to this. Can KP be healthy for a full season and can he be healthy in the playoffs? If he can be, this is a top four team in the West for me. They are. They're a top four team. I, I think you would go with the Lakers, the Clippers. I would probably go with either, De- I'd probably go Denver. And then I'd probably go Dallas right now. I, I I think when healthy, those are your four best teams in the West. Then I'd probably go Utah at five, and then maybe Houston at six. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at right now. That, that's kind of where I'm at. That's kind of where I, I I don't know right now that I I don't really know like how else to put it. So it's interesting. It's interesting how. My mind's working with this, but but on, on a more broad, like it's interesting how this could play out. It really is. One team that I do want to give a mention to—they're not a dark horse, but a team to watch. The New Orleans Pelicans are definitely a team to look out for here. I think they could be very interesting this season. I think they could be a playoff team, but I really think that they could make some noise if they get to the playoffs. The Pelicans, for me, are what the Mavericks were a year ago. They're close to it. They're probably a star away from being that Mavericks team from a year ago. They've got the bright young star from the draft, and they've got, you know, for for the Pelicans, they're just missing that next piece. They're missing that next piece. But it's a really, it's a solid roster. I have to say, right, Zion Williamson's going to be talked about a lot. You're right. He's going to be, everyone's going to be like, well, this team's around Zion Williamson. But remember, remember this, because we've talked about this guy on this show. And remember, this is also a team that's made some moves during the offseason. Brandon Ingram's a heck of a player. JJ Reddick's on this team as well. And remember, they added Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams to this team as well. Again, we'll dive deeper into this. Josh Hart is a solid player as well. Lonzo Ball. For Knicks fans, Willie Hernan Gomez is on this roster. Shout out to him. So it's, you know, there's some... It's intriguing. It's very intriguing what this team could bring to the table. They obviously drafted uh, Kyra Lewis Jr. out of Alabama. We'll see what he brings to the table. So the Pelicans are a team to watch, no doubt. No doubt about it. And obviously the the Blazers will be in the mix. Can the Phoenix Suns take a step forward with Chris Paul? Jay Crowder joining the Suns. Are they a playoff team? You know, interesting stuff. And then again, what separates the the West from the East is that the teams outside the playoffs are pretty darn good too. John Morant's Memphis Grizzlies. The Timberwolves, who just drafted Anthony Edwards. The the wheeling and dealing Sacramento Kings. You know, are they going to be a factor this year as well? Not only getting Tyrese Halliburton for a steal in the draft, but also adding Hassan Whiteside and Glenn Robinson the third. You know, is this going to be a really down year for the Spurs? How far will they fall? Could they still be in the mix? I mean, who knows? Who knows? They would be in the East, I'll tell you that. But they're in the West. And then there's probably going to be two bad teams. I mean, I hate to say it. I hate to say it. But the Warriors are going to be pretty bad, and I 
I know I slagged them off last year and they totally proved me wrong because they ended up keeping Chris Paul and being good. But I, I, oof. what the heck's going to happen to the Oklahoma City Thunder? I don't know. I don't know what their season's going to look like right now. But we'll see. We'll see right now. Or we'll see going forward, I should say. We'll, we'll see moving forward. But for right now, lots to talk about. Lots of intriguing stuff. And we'll get into it as we get closer to the end of the regular, sorry, to the start of the regular season. I'm so excited. I'm getting all over the place at the end here. But I'm excited to see what happens and, and what will happen as we get closer to the NBA season starting up again. And then we'll start to really know what these teams are all about. And we'll start to see which teams are progressing forward and, and which teams are not. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks, as always, for listening to the podcast. Make sure you stay safe out there. Continue to enjoy the holiday season. And when you do enjoy the holiday season, do it safely. Again, guys, I can't say it enough. Thank you for listening to the show. Let me know what you guys think is going on, how you think the Knicks are doing going into this season. Guys are excited about on the roster. And if you have any NBA takes, throw them my way as well. At SJ7 on Twitter is the place to hit me up there. Or you can go to postingandtoasting.com. Go to the Shock Shock Knicks podcast post and leave a comment on the site. Until then, I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Have a good week, everybody.